The Productive Woman, Episode 139. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me in this episode. We're going to talk about some lessons I've learned about productivity. You'll find links to resources I recommend and more information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 139. So if you've listened to The Productive Woman for very long, you have probably figured out that milestone dates matter to me. They are, for me, triggers for a kind of reflection and recalibration, a time for me to look back and also to look forward. Well, as I was preparing for this episode, my birthday was approaching. And in fact, this episode is being published on my 57th birthday. And because my birthday is near the middle of the year, I use it as a milestone and I typically take time to look at how I'm progressing toward my goals for this year and what adjustments I want to make in my approach for the remainder of the year. It's also a time for just reflection in general about my life, about what contributions I'm making to the world around me. I usually schedule my annual health checkups during my birthday month, so I get a look at how I'm doing health-wise. And generally, just like other milestone times, like the year-end or or certain holidays and anniversaries, uh, it's a time when I find myself reflecting on the past, evaluating my progress and growth, and as I said before, recalibrating a little bit to make sure I stay on track in living a life that's consistent with what I value most. It is so easy, I know you know this, just in the day-to-day of life to get kind of wrapped up and, and in the weeds a little bit and lose sight of the big picture. And so all my life for me, milestone dates of various types, including my birthday, have have been triggers for me to kind of take a step back and get that 30,000 foot look. And for this episode, what I thought I would do is share a little bit about the lessons I've learned in a lifetime so far of studying productivity and trying to make a life that matters to me. And hopefully you will find some things in these lessons, you know, helpful to you as you're evaluating and finding ways to, to make a life that matters to you. So for me, it always starts with looking back. Uh, where where did I come from in this whole world of productivity? I have to admit that I have been a little bit of a productivity geek since I was at least in middle school. I can remember that far back, you know, reading articles and books about time management. They didn't call it productivity back in those old days. <laughs> they, we talked about time management, we talked about organization, those sorts of things. But I always was interested in it. I I read those books. I loved checklists and charts and calendars and all of those things. And I did a lot of studying, a lot of reading, a lot of learning, a lot of trying different things over the years, even when I was very young. I'm just kind of geeky that way. And so as a young person, and even in my young adulthood, 
uh, I had developed ideas about what it meant to be productive. What, even though, as I said, we didn't really use that term uh, as much back then, but that's what we were talking about. And so the things that I used to believe about productivity as I was growing up, I believed it was about efficiency for its own sake, about making lists and checking things off those lists. The goal was to get the most stuff done, to have lots of things on my list and lots of things checked off. And I believed if I could just find the right system or the right tool, I would be more productive. Because one of the things, you know, as I look back in those early years and and even into my early adulthood, I, I was disappointed a lot. I would try lots of different things thinking, oh, this is what it's going to take to get me organized or get me, you know, to accomplish all these amazing things that I see other people accomplishing. And it wouldn't work. You know, it would work for a while and then it would sort of taper off and, and I wouldn't get the results always that I wanted. I always, you know, got a benefit from the different systems that I tried or the different tools that I tried. But for me to just take one book that I read and just do everything it said, I wouldn't get the results necessarily that they talked about. And I want to talk about that a little bit more later on about why that is. But in those early years, I just really was sure that I would, if, if I just then moved on to the next new tool or the new system or the new planner or whatever, that I would be as productive as I wanted to be in the sense of doing all kinds of amazing things. And I also, especially in those early years, measured my success, my worth by what I was accomplishing, by how my home looked, by how my children behaved, by how many things I checked off my lists and how organized my, you know, every my life was. That's what I thought productivity meant back then. And I tried lots of tools and lots of different systems. I, you know, I loved notebooks and I would try different sizes of notebooks and different arrangements of notebooks that I put together myself with tabs for for different kinds of things and you know, different colors of notebooks for different things, but I would have, you know, sections for my to-do list, for my shopping list, for menu plans, for um, my calendar, all those sorts of things. Another system I tried way back in the day, and I, you know, I, I meant to look this up before I sat down to record and I forgot to do it, but there was, there were these two sisters. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and there were these two sisters that uh, adult sisters that lived in that area, they called themselves the sidetracked sisters, and they developed a system. They were they wrote these books that were so funny about how horrible their homes were, and how disorganized, and how messy, and and all of that, and how they finally um, pulled it all together and came up with a system based on three by five cards that you would put in a you know, one of those file boxes for three by five cards and you'd have tabs for each day of the week and each day of the month and each month and how they organize themselves. And I, you know, my nerdy self just went nuts over that. And I've got, I, I probably still have somewhere my collection of three by five cards that I made for managing my home. At that time, 
uh, in those early years, I was mostly at home with our kids. And, you know, like I said, that was my identity. That's how I defined whether I was doing it right was if my home was perfectly organized, my kids behaved perfectly and all that sort of thing. So I, I use the sidetrack sister system and I, I'll, I'll look and see if I can find whether they're still around, the books are still around. I'll put links in the show notes. Uh, over time, I discovered different kinds of uh, specialized planners like day timers and, and different things like that. And I would try those that they were already put together and so you just, you know, you got the right pieces and put your system together. And I carried that around in my purse and did all the stuff. I read so many books and I'll, I'll try to, you know, put a list of some of them in there because I, I will say I learned something from, from all of them. I learned different ideas for things to try, but what didn't work for me was just trying to paste somebody else's system onto my life. There are so many books that I really enjoyed reading and learned, and I still have these books and reread them periodically. Julie Morgenstern, who's still around, she, she had developed the system and wrote a couple books, called one called Time Management from the Inside Out, and another one called, uh, I think it's Organized from the Inside Out. They're both about, um, you know, understanding who you are and kind of developing your time management system or organizing your home based on that or your office or whatever. Um, years ago, I read a, a book called How to Get Control of Your Time and Your Life by a man named Alan Lakin that was very influential back in those days for me. And of course, eventually, I came upon um, David Allen's Getting Things Done, the system that ta- that kind of forms the foundation of a lot of people's productivity systems, uh, developing uh, ways of capturing information and processing it, and then, um, you know, actually doing the stuff. Uh, This is still a book that I recommend, and I've talked about it before. He rewrote it recently, just in the last two or three years, and it's definitely worth reading if you haven't read it yet. The original version of the book was very much focused on uh, business people, I think, the newer version takes a broader look at applying the system outside of sort of the corporate world. But I learned so much from all of those. And yet, as I said, one of the things that now looking back, I realized I learned that was the most valuable is I can't take somebody else's system and just import it wholesale into my life and, and get the same results that they talk about getting. I have taken bits and pieces of a lot of different systems, a lot of different tools, a lot of different ideas to create something that works for me. And on top of that, as I've gotten older, as I've tried um, tried different things, as my life has evolved and gone through the different stages that a human being's life goes through, my view of productivity has changed. And I think you've heard, you know, if you've been with me on this podcast from episode one, I think you may have have heard a little bit of of that evolution just in the 139 now episodes that I've recorded because the process of preparing for a new episode every week, the process of learning and educating myself myself 
about issues that are facing other people besides just me and uh, learning enough things to be able to offer you something of value, that has an, it had a real uh, impact on my view of what it means to be productive. Like I said at the beginning, originally it was about efficiency for its own sake. It was about getting lots of stuff done and finding the right tool to, to you know, the magic pill to solve all my my imagined woes, productivity woes, I don't believe those things anymore. And I, I don't think I talk about those things as much anymore on this show or just in life. So what do I believe about productivity now? First and foremost, I believe productivity is more than just checking things off a list. I think productivity... Um, is about managing your life. It's about not just doing lots of stuff. It's about doing the right stuff. And so it starts by understanding and identifying what the right stuff is for me, or in your case, for you. So it's not just about checking things off a list. I believe now that you can be very, very busy and not productive at all. Because productivity is about the result, not the process. The process is, you know, a means to an end, I guess. But for me, back in the day, productivity was about the process. Now it's about the results. How do I know if I'm living, if I'm being productive, if I'm accomplishing the things that actually matter to me, not and that may be one thing in a day. It might be one thing in a week. We talked back in episode uh, 133, I think, about the one thing about Gary Keller's book. And I, I really have taken that that concept to heart that the productive day isn't the day that you got tons and tons of stuff done. It's the day you got the thing that mattered most done. And so sometimes you accomplish one thing in a day or a week or a month for that matter, and it's been very, very productive because it, it, it brought the result that you most wanted for your life. And, and so, uh, you know, on the other hand, you can do tons and tons of things, fill every moment of every day accomplishing things, and I'm kind of using air quotes, getting stuff done, doing lots of tasks and checking them off your list and not be productive because the thing that mattered most to you didn't get done. So it's really about um, knowing what matters to you and ordering your life toward that as your North Star. I believe now that there is no right system or tool. There are things to be learned from all of them. As I said, I've I learned so much from all the books that I've read, and I've got shelves full of books about time management and organization, and you know how to do this and how to do that. Um, and but I don't believe there's any one right system or any one right tool that is going to work for everybody. We are all unique individuals with unique needs and unique personalities and unique um, ways of being in the world. And the system we use needs to be just as unique. The tools we use need to be able to adapt 
to us and who we are rather than we changing who we are to adapt to the tool. You know what I'm saying? And the thing, probably the most important thing that I believe now about productivity is, and I talked about this a little bit last week in episode 138, but but it really, this has been on my mind a lot these days, um, that the most productive thing you can do is learn to manage your own mind. And this, this has been a lesson that I wish I had learned 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and what, what do I mean by that? That the most productive thing you can do is, is to learn to manage your own mind. I have finally learned that how I feel about my life has nothing to do with what happens or what other people do and everything to do with how I choose to think. There is so much in life that I can't control. Uh, and and ha- having been around, I, f- I hope that I don't sound like I'm, a, a, you know, kind of a, a woman who's trying to give the wisdom of the ages from being an old woman, because I don't feel very old. But, um, but I have learned some things, having experienced some things, and I know you've been through this as well, that there, that there is so much in life that we can't control. Things happen. People do things. We can't control other people and what they do. But I can always control what I think. And therefore, I can always control how I feel. Because how we feel, our emotions, the feelings that we have, always come from what we're thinking about. Um, as I was researching this and kind of thinking about all this, I came across um, several references to a man named Viktor Frankl. And you may have, um, have heard of him. You may have read some of his work. He was an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist who, way, who back in the early 1940s spent time in four different concentration camps under just horrific circumstances. And um, he he came out of that experience having learned some things about human nature and humankind. A book that he wrote that has been very you know widely quoted, and um, I have never read the book, but in my research for this, coming across some of these quotes, I it's on my list. I'm going to read it very soon, but it's a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and something he said in there that just really made me stop and think was. And, and this is based on his observations and his experiences in these concentration camps where people suffered just unthinkable misery and how they reacted to it. He, he observed that. And he said, everything can be taken from a man or a woman, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. I, I could almost just stop there. What a profound observation. What a profound truth that we can't control the world around us. We can't control what people do. We can't control what people do to us. But we can always choose our own attitude no matter what the circumstances are that we're in. Um, Dr. Frankel also said man, he uses man in, you know, sort of the the global sense. This book was written quite a while ago. 
so hear it for what it means, mankind, humankind. Man does not simply exist, but always decides what his or her existence will be, what he or she will become in the next moment. We decide that, and I believe that, and that's such a has such a profound meaning for our productivity in the sense of making a life that matters. It is in our power to choose what what our life will be like because we choose the attitude that we bring to it. Another thing that he said, uh, Dr. Frankel said, is man is not fully conditioned and determined, but rather determines himself whether he gives in to conditions or stands up to them. I mean, think about what that is. We choose whether we give in to the circumstances that we are faced with or whether we stand up to them, whether we, um, whether we are overcome by the circumstances or whether we overcome them. In other words, he says, man is ultimately self-determining. Man does not simply exist but always decides, as I said this before, always decides what his existence will be, what he will become in the next moment. By the same token, every human being has the freedom to change at any instant. Therefore, we can predict his or her future only within the large framework of a statistical survey referring to a whole group. The individual personality, however, remains essentially unpredictable. Uh, I thought that was interesting. We can make predictions about what groups of people might do, but an individual person, an individual personality, he says, remains essentially unpredictable. Why? Because the last of the human freedoms, using his term, is to choose our own way, to choose our own attitude, to change from one moment to the next. We can choose that. And so I, you know, there's so much truth to that that I, I wish I could articulate as well as some uh, some of the other people that I've read have have talked about. But this has had such a huge impact on my thinking about what it means to make a life that matters, that it's, we make it. It doesn't, a, a life that matters does not just happen to us. We make it by the choices we make every day, by the actions we take or the actions we don't take, by the decisions we make or don't, and, and not choosing is to choose, right? All, and all of those come from the feelings that we have. We can choose the experience we have of our life, and that will make all the difference in the actions that we take. Um, so, you know, that, that is such a, a, a change. I, that's one of those things I wish I'd learned a long time ago, because so much of my life I... I you know, felt like I was a victim of my circumstances and I couldn't accomplish certain things because of this thing that was a fact in my life or because of, you know, for a while I had lots of young children. You know, we have five kids and they're, um, I was raising those. And so I, you know, I thought there were things I couldn't accomplish because of that. Um, but what I've learned <laughs> is that we always can choose and our circumstances don't define us. Um, we, uh, you know, what has happened to us in the past informs our decisions and our thinking. It has shaped us, but it doesn't define us. 
So those are, you know, those are some of the things that I think about productivity now that are very different from my thoughts on productivity when I was younger. As I get older, I, I have to confess, it sometimes feels like time is moving faster. You know, the, the days, the weeks, the months, even the years seem to fly by. And uh, honestly, sometimes I feel a little panicky, like I'm going to run out of time before I accomplish everything I want to do. And I have to sort of rein in my uh, imagination and manage my mind. And I remind myself that the average life expectancy of a woman in the United States right now in the early 21st century is close to 80 years. Uh, That's the average. So lots of people live longer than that. So barring the unexpected illness or accident, I probably have more than 20 years left. That's time to do lots of things. So what does it mean to have reached the age I am? What, what lessons have I learned about productivity and what it means to make a life that matters that I, I wanted to share with you? First of all, I don't take it for granted because while, you know, on average, I should have a couple decades at least left to live and to accomplish things and to do things, we don't know from one day to the next what life will bring and how much time we have left. And so I've learned, and it has become more important to me not to take it for granted, not even to take tomorrow for granted, but to make the most of each day. I also have have come to believe in the importance of taking care of myself. I, I want to take care of myself so that my body will be able to do the things that my heart is drawing me toward at this stage of my life. And I try not to waste time on things that don't matter. And that includes regret. That includes anger at situations or people. And now, don't get me wrong, I still get angry. I still feel regret. But I try to remind myself that those things are a waste of my time and my energy. They don't matter in the long haul. One advantage to getting older is that you become at least hopefully, a little more self-aware. You begin to recognize what really matters most. Things sort of get weeded out uh, over time, and you begin to pay attention to your priorities so you can live more intentionally. And so though, you know, to me, that's an advantage of having reached, you know, become, as they used to say, a woman of a certain age. Um, But here's the deal. You don't have to wait until you're older to do that. You don't have to wait until you're older to become self-aware, to think about what really matters to you, to identify it, to watch um, yourself and learn what matters to you, learn what your priorities are, and then to, and live intentionally to, to build your life around those priorities. Uh, you, You can do that starting right now. Even if you've never done it, and it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what's happened in your past, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. As Dr. Frankel pointed out, human beings can change in a moment. All we have to do is decide to do that. And you can do that right now uh, and begin to live more intentionally. 
and therefore more productively because you will be making a life that matters instead of letting life happen to you. I, I, honestly, if I have a regret, it's that I didn't learn some of these things when I was younger. And so I thought for this episode that just happens to be published on my birthday, I would share a little of those, uh, you know, my thinking with you. I hope that you found that kind of I hope there's something in there that was useful to you. And I wonder, you know, what about you? Do you, what does productivity mean to you at this stage in your life? How are you wanting to make a life that matters? And I wonder, do you spend time around your birthday evaluating your life and your plans and your goals? Or does, is it just another day? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I'd love to learn from you. Uh, Because I certainly don't have all the answers. So I I would be thrilled if you would weigh in on this subject of how you define productivity, how and when you give thought to this sort of evaluation and reflection and recalibration. You can share your questions, your comments, your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 139. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or even better, come and um, you know start a conversation in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. I love the conversations we're having in there. Uh, folks are just jumping in and asking questions and sharing ideas, and I'm I'm learning so much from all of you. So if you're not in that community yet, go to theproductivewoman.com/group. Uh, And you'll find it there and click on the join button. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. If I could ask a favor, and um, I've asked this before, but I'm trying not to ask too often. If you enjoy the podcast, would you help me spread the word about it? Would you help introduce your friends and, and your colleagues to The Productive Woman? Tell them about you know what we're talking about here. Um, show them how to subscribe, how to become uh, a part of the community here and part of the conversation. Remember that if you go to the website at theproductivewoman.com, that's where you find the show notes. Um, people can actually listen to the podcast there, although I recommend that you subscribe in iTunes um, so that you get every episode right there in your podcatcher as it comes out. Uh, but you, if you go to the website, if whether you listen or not, that's where the show notes are. There's links for more information. And on every episode, there are social sharing buttons. So if there's a particular episode that you really like, you can just click on one of the buttons and share it on your Facebook page, uh, on Twitter, on Pinterest, and I forget what else. But that's one way to share it. Another thing you can do that helps other people find it is uh, to leave a review in iTunes. And so if you haven't done that, uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd consider going to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes. That'll take you right to where you can subscribe, but also where you can leave a, a review, just a sentence or two, helps uh, other people can you know scan those and see if it looks like something they might be interested in listening to. And on that point, I want to say thanks to Eric Bison from the United States, who recently left a really nice five-star review and said, Laura and her guests share inspiring and actionable lessons to help you 
manage your time and stress so you can live the life you want. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. So thank you, Eric Bison. I appreciate that very much. Um, I, sounds like it's probably a guy, and I, I, I've been talking a lot to women, but because uh, it is called the productive woman, but I really appreciate the male listeners as well. I like hearing from you. Um, if you're longing to reorder your life and make real progress on the things that matter most to you, and if you've wished for someone to come alongside you and help you in that journey toward making a life that matters, I would love to work with you. I, I've talked in recent episodes and in, I think in the newsletter about changes I've made to my life and my, my law practice to make more time to be available to get to know more of you and work with you. Um, the, there are a couple of different ways you can do that. I talk a lot about the mastermind groups and, and the spring 2017 mastermind groups are actually having their first meetings as this episode is being published. So those groups are already set, but there will be new groups in the fall. I, I would love to have you consider if, if you'd like to be a part of a group that will help hold you accountable and, and brainstorm solutions uh, with you for the productivity struggles you maybe have. Um, I'd love to have you be part of one of the groups in the fall. I, f- I choose applicants and fill the groups pretty much on a first come first serve basis. Uh, so it's not too soon to apply and get on the list for the fall groups. And uh, I'll tell you how you can do it. Uh, you can go to the work with me page on the website at theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind, where you'll find more information about the mastermind groups. And that's, uh, there's the link for the very short online application there. In the meantime, if, if you'd like to get started now, if you don't want to wait till fall to start making progress and you'd like to have some, somebody to help you come up with ideas and encouragement and uh, hold you accountable to the goals that you're setting for yourself, I would also love to work with you one-on-one. That's something new that I'm starting to do. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but I'm making more time for it now. And so it, I, hopefully by the time this episode goes up, I'll have more information on the website about it on the work with me page. But if, if you have questions about the masterminds or if you're interested in checking out one-on-one productivity coaching, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I'd, I'd be happy to talk with you about it and see if we can work together to, uh, to move things forward. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope it wasn't too, um, too me-centered. I hope you found something in it that is helpful and useful to you that you can put into, uh, into effect in your own life today. Uh, please write and let me know what you think and how I can help you uh, and make the coming episodes better and better and more useful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.